Morning, morning. It's a cold, dreary day outside. I'm not going to say that it's warm in here, but it is. It's warm in here. It's good to be inside and not outside. Amen. Let's stand together and let's worship him this morning. Let's sing together. We prayed this morning. We, we prayed this morning and taught this morning that everybody would sing together, that we would sing as one this morning, that the, the mouths of those that don't like to sing would suddenly start singing. So let's, let's praise him this morning. Let's sing as a congregation of one that, that loves him. I will sing forever of your love. Come down with my hands to heaven. Shout your praises loud. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. I will sing forever of your love. Come down. I once was blind. I could not see. Chains of sin had shackled me. A song will sing for all of time. The grave is empty. I am free. Cause Jesus, Jesus rescued me. Yes, Jesus, Jesus rescued me. Forever of your love come down. 
And that last, that last verse we sang, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. And, you know, sometimes we just sing words, don't we? We don't really think about them. And that, that takes years, and that takes time, and that takes practice of, of learning to trust him, learning to trust his hand and his wisdom and his guidance in our life. We have to, we have to read, right? We have to read his word. We have to study his word. We have to spend time in prayer as he leads us and, and shows us the way that we trust him ever more, even more, every, every day. Amen. Just a good, good hymn. Wants to think about our songs. And he's with us. Last part of that. Thou art with us till the end. That's a blessing. That's a promise. That's the hope of knowing Jesus. That we're not just here, that we're not just floating around, but we know him 
He knows us. He's in us. We have a relationship with him. And one day we will be with him. He's with us till the end. It's a blessing to know such a Savior. It's a wonderful thing.
Jesus, my Redeemer, there is no more for heaven now to Yeah. 
thank you so much. So we've already talked about that we, we live this life. We need your hand. We need your guidance for everything, for every breath, for every action, for everything that takes place. But it's not through us. It's not through our own power, but through you alone that guides us, leads us in our life. The Holy Spirit gives us strength and wisdom and knowledge and understanding for each day and each moment. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. We love you, Father. Speak to us through your word this morning as we open it up and look into it, Father. Give us understanding. Give us application. Help us to live out what you have called us to do. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you for uh, the songs from the Lord this morning for the moving of his Holy Spirit. And that is where we're going to be today. I think that every song we sang is, is, is leads to this. But, but again, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, which it is the gospel, which is the Father. So it uh, makes sense. And when we sing, uh, we're singing uh, to lift him up and, and to be moved uh, by the Holy Spirit. So excited that you're here today on this drizzly, I think that's even what it said on my weather, drizzle. Uh, I don't know, I felt a little stronger drizzle on that at one point this morning, but glad that you're here on a uh, 30-something degree day with a little rain. I was telling Brian, I wish it was just snowing. If it's going to do this, let's just go ahead and snow, but uh, we are thankful that you're here. Uh, any of you visitors that may be here, we're glad that you're with us this morning as we uh, stand and just share what the Lord has given us. Um, been thankful for the, the previous three weeks as went through a little series of, of, of the vision of God and what that looks like and as we worship him and we, we nurture one another through fellowship and then we do evangelism and missions and uh, I hope it has uh, impacted you as it does me because that's what the word of God does. So today, uh, kind of a, a standalone sermon and, and something that been praying about and 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 as we know, our, our new pastor, Pastor Zach, and, and his wife and, and family will be here next week, and it's in your worship bulletin, and it's a big Sunday, and I'm really excited about what that Sunday is going to look like with some different people coming in, and a, really a challenge and a, and a charge, and, and to start this thing off biblically, and, I, and I'm excited about that. But in praying through that, you know, what does it look like? Uh, for me to stand, and I'm very honored and, and thankful to have stood in this pulpit for the last seven months, uh, and, it's, and it has been amazing. I love getting in God's Word and studying to, to share and teach, uh, and it's, it's been good for me. Uh, I, I'm thankful to be a part of this body of believers that we just happen to call Airline Baptist Church, but more important, we're a group of believers uh, coming together in order to do what? I mean, I remember back in June, it's not even my notes, but I stood in front of you that very first Sunday in June many months ago, and, and I posed questions that I've been asking myself, why are we here? Why am I still here? What, what, what is going on here? Why, why, Brent, are you and I still going to church together after 15 years? Why are we still here? And it was resounding. We want to reach the lost. We want to be a light in a dark world. And I hope as a group of believers, we, we have been encouraged over these last several months as we continue this process. And, and with a new lead pastor coming in, I'll definitely be praying for Zach. I speak with him a couple of times a week right now. He's excited. He will be coming here on Wednesday, actually, this Wednesday, 
And uh, we'll be here Wednesday night for our, our Wednesday night services. Don't forget about that barbecue this week, I think. Thank you for the chili last week. My two bowls went back for the third, but I was too late. So anyway, uh, we like chili. But yeah, be here Wednesday night. Uh, he'll be here, going to be in the office Thursday, Friday, probably even Saturday, getting the ranges. But we'll be here Sunday. So make sure you invite some people, and we're excited about that. So I said all that to, to say, here's where we are. The last sermon, as I prayed, and, you know, what, where do we go, God? Where do you want to lead us by your Holy Spirit? And where we talk about today. And as I prayed that over and over and over, it just resoundingly came back. Let's talk about who leads us, if you're a believer. And that's the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit and what that looks like and hopefully uh, give you some truths, some questions that we need to ask ourselves because I think many of us ask, how do I know I'm being led by the Holy Spirit? I'm getting ahead of myself here, but how do I know? So hopefully today, uh, I think I'm six, seven questions that will uh, hopefully help us realize that and learn from that. I, I can't think of a better place to begin is, and there's going to be a lot of scripture today, just sit back and buckle up. We'll, we'll go from there, but it's just so good. But I want to open with this quote from Billy Graham, and this is him talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, the, the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn for God and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable to us. Because, I mean, we've got some smart guys in here, smart gals in here, some smart kids, there's no question. And, and I'm probably smarter than all of y'all right now. I'm just kidding. But I, I tell my kids that all the time, I'm the smartest guy in the room, just know that. But, but again, there's things in here that I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to me in this carnal fleshly body and mind that I have, but the Holy Spirit moves in a beautiful way. And, and it, the Holy Spirit is a beautiful and powerful part of who God is. It's, I mean, it really, really is. We need him in our life as a conduit, a conduit to become who God created us to be. And we got to have him. And if you, if you have a relationship with Christ, you have him. But, but so today we're talking about that because through his power, we have his lead in all situations. I didn't say in some, and most of the time that's what we do. We want to quench the spirit because it doesn't line up the way we think it should. But, but he, that we can have his power and his lead in all situations because without him, we're done can't say it any more plainer. That's as simple as I can make it. I can say without him, we're powerless, we're, we're lost. I'm just going to say without him, we're done. That, that just is there. Our first encounter with the Holy Spirit now uh, comes when he convicts us of our sin. And if you're in here today and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ through his, you know, accepting his blood-bought sacrifice on the cross, then there was a point in time where the Holy Spirit convicted you. That's our first encounter where he truly convicts us and, and opens our heart because when he convicts us of our sins and, and shows us that, that we can't live up to the righteousness of Jesus and the Father and he reveals to us the judgment that is coming for those who die without a Savior. That's that conviction. I mean, that's John 16. Uh, as we repent, we confess our sins and receive this gift of salvation. The Holy Spirit regenerates our dead inner human spirit, and, and, and it becomes sensitive to the spiritual things of God. That's in John 3 and Acts 2. 
So everything I'm going to say today is backed up by Scripture because I couldn't think of anywhere else to go to find out what the Holy Spirit is. So there's a second work of the Holy Spirit, too, is when he baptizes a believer. It comes in. That's Acts 2. It's available to all, and it's this, this, this gift of empowerment that we all need, helping the believer to live a holy life. Because that's what we're called to do is to live a holy life. Who in here struggles with it? We all do. But the Holy Spirit can help us with that as it baptizes us as a believer. And so, so through the power of the Holy Spirit, the helper, we become more and more like Jesus and are directed to do more and more of the Father's will. So there's three there, the Spirit, the Son, the Father. So again, when we do that, uh, the gift primarily... If we're doing that, if, if we're letting the Holy Spirit help us, becoming more and more like Jesus, doing the will of the Father, then this empowerment most often is for us to witness to others. Not to say go preach, but following the Holy Spirit, doing the things he's calling us to do, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's not popular, is a witness to those around us. We've got to understand that, right? Uh, we talk about this all the time in FCA. We talk about integrity and doing the right thing. So integrity is doing the right thing when it's not popular. Because the popular thing is what the world says. The Holy Spirit is contrary to that. And we'll talk about that a little more. So again, that's the, in Acts 1, it tells us this, that this gift is primarily to empower us to witness to others. So we're encouraged to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up on a regular basis, when you feel depleted. Anybody ever there? Absolutely. When you feel depleted, when you need strength. Anybody ever need strength? Yes. And, and ask him to replenish you. That's Ephesians 5. We went through this as we went through Ephesians back in the fall. So it's not enough to exist uh, with the belief that the Father and the Son are first and then the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times people think that way. But, but again, the Holy Spirit is not secondary. They are equal. It is the triune God, the trinity of, of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And they work in harmony with each other. But the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit is his presence within us. That's pretty special. And I like uniqueness. I mean, we're all unique in different ways. Jesus said before he ascended to heaven that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell within us as a believer. With that, he empowers us to live victoriously for the cause of Christ and the glory of the Father. The Holy Spirit teaches and guides us according to God's plan and purpose for our lives. Again, he does this by convicting of us, us of our sin and by speaking to our hearts through the witness of the Spirit. Uh, John, Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So this Holy Spirit dwells within. So as a Christian, we have to learn, learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because there's a lot of spirits out there that are vying for your ear and your mind and your heart. We have to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit because being led by the Holy Spirit is a major, major characteristic of a believer's and, and, and 
a practical part of the Christian life. To be led by the Holy Spirit is to be obedient to him as we hear his voice and sense his urging within our spirit. Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And I struggled all week. Is that the text that we preach Romans 8 as we talk about this today? And I, I'm telling you, it's back and forth, back and forth. Really, yesterday afternoon, for I really knew the text that I might send me a text. Hey, do you have the scripture? Well, I didn't when you sent it, but I was just praying through that. Was it going to be Romans 8 or are we going to be in John 16? That's where I was at. So the text for this morning, we're going to be in John 16. So you can be, again, turn there. We're just going to read two verses, pretty, pretty, pretty very powerful verses, if you will. So if you're here and you're able and you're ready and you're willing, please stand as we read uh, God's word. Just a couple of verses. This is what the text says. John 16, verses 13 and 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you from before the beginning of time, it was you and your son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You've always been and you always will be. But God, I, I'm very grateful and thankful this morning for your son Jesus, no question. But when Jesus ascended back into heaven with you, God, you left us equipped us with the Holy Spirit. So I pray that you help us today to follow that. We love you. Be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Um, here's, here's some thoughts. And, I, and, I, and I've just read a lot this week and a couple of weeks and thinking about this. And I want you to know this morning, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Spirit is a person. We're in his hands not him and ours. These are just thoughts that have came to me. Doing something by the Spirit means being led to do it by the Spirit. He, hear me out, is not an instrument in our hands. He's not. We, we as believers are an instrument in his. We get that messed up. We are not leading him, he's leading us. He is not just a mere responder to us when we need him. We are being moved and led by him. And thus, what and how do you know if you're being led by the Spirit? So I'm glad you asked. I have seven questions to ask this morning. Seven, not seven, I guess it's seven points, but seven questions that we think about this as we prayed Question one, the answer to how to know if you're being led by the Spirit. Question one is, did you begin by seeking the face of God? Okay, 
Anybody ever asked a question about being led by the Spirit? Anybody? Anybody ever been weighing with a decision, not really sure what to do, really calling on God, asking, you know, is this spirit-led or is this what I want in the flesh? Because I've, I've told you guys many times, the flesh, I'm going to go buy me a brand new truck tomorrow, right? But the Holy Spirit didn't lead me that way, right? So, so in those things, those questions that you ask, are you seeking the face of God? First and foremost, how do you do it? Through prayer through spending time in his word. We'll talk about that. We must seek him first. This has got to be beyond any, before anything else, if you want to know, am I being led by the Holy Spirit? Are you seeking the face of God? Because we must seek him first and foremost to be assured that we are being led by the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he, I love this, will make straight your paths. But that text started out with what? Trust, Brother Dole. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You've got to seek the face of God. As we seek him for wisdom, guidance, and direction, we must except by faith that he has given us what we need. There it is. If you seek the face of God, the Holy Spirit's going to give you what you need, not what you want. And most often, Bobby, we like our wants, don't we? I do. Um, so again, he is, he, he's given us what we need, leading us and showing us the way in which we should go. James 1, 6, right after James 1, 5, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Okay, so we're asking the Holy Spirit. We're seeking his face. God, lead me by the leading of your Holy Spirit and what you want me to do, and I'm going to trust it. And then you hear it, and you start going, well, I don't know about that. I'm going to doubt that. That's what he said. James is such a good book because it tells us how we are. So without doubting, the Holy Spirit will always, always, always lead us in the realm of prayer and to seek God. When we begin in the secret place of prayer, we'll find ourselves being more and more sensitive to the things of the Spirit. As a result, we will be led by the Holy Spirit. Because I've just found throughout the years, the more time I spend in the Word and prayer, the more I sense and hear the urging, urging of the Holy Spirit clearly throughout the day. I mean, who started their day just behind the eight ball? Uh, no time with the Lord that morning, up out the door running because you just keep hitting the snooze, right? Anybody anybody even use alarm clocks anymore? Is that still a thing? A few of you guys have to use those. So anyway, uh, but yeah, you just hit the snooze button over and over and over. You get up late, you're running crazy, no time with the Lord. You're doing all these mundane things, mundane things, and then you get out into the world, your job, your school, whatever. You spent no time with the Lord and just it just seems like you're in the middle of a whirlwind, right? If you could... Set aside five, ten minutes. I'm not saying it's easy, but a few weeks ago when we talked about Psalm 63, David said, early in the morning I seek you. To start that out is so good. So one, you seek, are you seeking the face of God? Two, if you're knowing how to be led by the Holy Spirit, is it consistent with the Word of God? Is it consistent with the Word of God? The Holy Spirit will not, Jason, will not, will not, will not direct you in a way that is contrary to the Word of God. Can I tell you that? He will not. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We must study, we must know, we must hide God's word in our heart to have this discernment and wisdom, right? So again, if we're finding out how we're going to be led, then we get Second Peter. I love this. Second Peter 1, 19 through 21. And it says, and we have the prophetic word more, more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Tell me, Christ, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That preaches. You don't have to say anything else about that. Psalm 119, 105, the word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. The Holy Spirit will always guide us consistently in the word, his word. Know that. Three, so one, are you seeking the face of God? Two, is it consistent with the word of God? Three, is it contrary to our flesh? Okay, think about that one. Romans 8, verses 13 and 14, where I thought we may be in the text, but this is what it says. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Let me tell you that again. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. So again, the Holy Spirit leading will almost always go against our fleshly desires. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but, but it's just the way it is. I'm not trying to make anybody mad this morning because I know the things I like. But it doesn't always mean that it's going to be that's led by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the flesh is weak, but the Spirit is ready. Those are the words of Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane asking the disciples to pray. And he just kept falling asleep. They couldn't even stay awake. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's in such pain that he's sweating blood. And he comes back and the disciples are sitting there asleep. And he said, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is ready. So again, Galatians 5, 17, 18, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Again, this isn't Clint saying, this isn't Clintisms. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Whew. Thankful for that. The new covenant through Jesus Christ, the veil torn from the top to the bottom. We have this opportunity that we can go to the Father without having to go through a priest or a man. Because So we're under not under the law anymore, but the Holy Spirit leads us in these things. Before it was just written on tablets. Yes and no, yes and no, yes and no. But the Spirit helps us with that. So again, is it contrary to our flesh? Fourth question, do you have the witness of the spirit do you have the witness of the spirit that's kind of what do you mean there romans 8 15 16 for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption 
of whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Because remember in verse 14, it says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're the sons of God. So again, as we see this play out and the Spirit bearing witness with us, we see that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit will cry from within us saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you say, man, I just, I, I hear you, that just don't sound right. I, I know, I'm not saying he's going to shout at you, this is the way, walk in it. But who in here drifts? Anybody's a, anybody a drifter? Like, you can say, man, I, I need you to, Clint, I need you to go there. And it's a straight line, I can get there. Well, well I'm going to end up over here because I get sidetracked. Anybody? But the Holy Spirit is behind us. And it was a verse of mine one year when it was the, my word for the year that I told you guys I do this every year was clarity. And that, that text is the Holy Spirit will tell you this is the way, walk in it. Don't drift to the right or the left. So again, we need to understand that the witness, the, the, the witness of the Holy Spirit, it will cry from one of those saying this is the way, walk in it. Because when we are going the right way, or going the way we should, we'll have the witness of the Holy Spirit confirming it to our spirit that we're heading in the right direction. Now, you say, well, yeah, but how do I know the difference? Because you're telling me all these things, and man, I feel like I'm going the right way. I feel like things are happening in a positive way in my life. How do I know that that's the Spirit-led way? Have you sought the face of God? Have you lined it up with his text? Have you spent time with him? Is, are, we seeing, are we seeing fruit? And sometimes you don't see fruit for a while. But again, likewise, if we're going in a way that is contrary to the will of God, the Holy Spirit, he'll put a check in your spirit. Anybody ever had one of those? I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. And it could be good things that you're planning on doing that the Holy Spirit may put a check on. I've canceled mission trips before because I did not feel that the Holy Spirit was leading us to do that. And we'd already put in plans. We had all the things. We've raised money. We've done these things. But just the Holy Spirit, I never got a peace. It was constantly something that was just pulling at me. Should I do this? Just, you know, just back and forth. So again, he will put a check in our spirit. He will often cause us to do an about face. However, if we persist and go in the ways of our fleshly desires, we will find out that our way is contrary to him. And this is a lesson that isn't always a gentle lesson that we learn. You can read about that in Numbers 22 if you want to. That's some good stuff. It was a lot of text. I wasn't going to quote that. So the fourth question was, do you have the witness of the Spirit? Fifth question, and we're getting there. Are you taking the hard road? Are you taking the hard road? Who likes going down the easy road? Who likes this big and wide road crew? I mean, I was. where was we at the other day? We were driving somewhere way off, and, and I don't know. I looked up. The speed limit was like, 75 or 80 or something. I think I know in Oklahoma I saw one time 85 miles an hour speed limit. You know what that meant? Cruise set on 94. Right? 
So uh, we were somewhere. Was it us, CJ, coming to Arkansas? I looked up anyway, speed limit. I'm like, dude, we go faster, right? Just easy, headed down the road, nobody in sight, boom, speeding ticket. Got one. Them state troopers sit on top of a bridge and just shoot you, and then there's one sitting down the road. He just pulls right over. He was a nice guy, happy, had a nice hat on, this and that. But $180 later, we paid a ticket, right? So that was the easy road. Just, just put the pedal down. And I'm going to blame it on Michelle because I was on the phone with her and I wasn't paying attention to the state troopers up there. Guess what? It didn't work. That's my fault still, I promise you. But, but, but if, there, if there's two roads we're talking about, this is the question again. Are you taking the hard road? If there's two roads to choose from, one road seems hard and the other seems easy, in our fleshly thoughts or desires, the direction of the Holy Spirit most often <laughs> lead us in the direction of the hard road that is contrary to our flesh and the worldly view. Matthew 7 Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. It's just the text. Jesus himself who is an equal with the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness as he was to be tempted into fast. And the text says in Matthew 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's not an easy road. However, afterwards, Man, he was filled with power. The text even says, and it says in, Matthew, in Luke 4, Luke's account of it, and it says, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an appropriate time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So the road is not always going to be easy. It can be hard as the Spirit leads us that. But know if you trust and obey and you go down that road, following the Spirit, be seeking the face of God in prayer, spending time with Him, with all of these things, man, I'm telling you, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Who's, his, I know some of you in here can relate to this because there's been times that, that we've went through hard things in our life and we've had to make decisions that it'd be so much easier to do this, but no, God, I know, I feel in my heart that you're telling me to do this. I don't want to do this, but I know that you're telling me to do this, so I want to be obedient to it, and you walk through it, and it's hard and it's difficult and Satan doesn't like it and he's coming at you from every different side but you just stay faithful you stay being led by the Holy Spirit man you come out of that like you're ready to do push-ups for Jesus let's do whatever so again it can be hard so that's a question number five question number six to know if you've been led by the Holy Spirit do you have discernment big word to open doors, opportunities, and circumstances. Hey, well, what are, you, what are you really talking about? Because this is a tough one. Because circumstances can be very 
deceiving. Agreed? Will everybody agree with that? They can be. And many times, perception is reality. I mean, it's the world we live in. I'm not saying it's right, but it's the way it is. Um, at times, the devil, the devil, Satan himself, could be opening an opportunity or a door just so he could trip us up and get us going in the wrong direction. Anybody? Anybody? Boy, he'll swing that door open, Sonny. It looks good, don't it? Man, I could, I could go take this job. I mean, we're, we're doing okay right now. You know, we're, we're making ends meet, and we're paying our bills barely. And, but, man, last, yesterday our washer went out. True story. Dryer's been acting up. Man, maybe I should have took another job back a year ago. I could be making more money, and I don't have to work. Okay? They can make it look good. But it's just a washer and dryer. Michelle says she loved to go down in the creek behind the house and wash clothes like they did in the old days. We'll be buying a new washer and dryer today, just so you know. That ain't going to happen. So anyway, uh, but, but again, I'm just kind of kidding. I'm bringing humor to it. Uh, it's a little humor to it. But, but again, Satan will open a door for an opportunity. It looks so good. Jason, I know you know this. You've been in the ministry, and there's doors that swing open. You think, man, this would be good. But it may it's not what the Spirit wants you to do. Dole, I know you know this. Over the years, different doors and opportunities have opened. And it's for all of us. But Satan wants us going in the wrong direction. Sometimes that can look really, really good. But if it's not by the Spirit, it's the wrong direction. This is why we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and go all the way back to question one, which was, are you seeking the face of God? Are you seeking the face of God? How do we recognize the other times when it's the Holy Spirit opening doors for us and, and directing us? It's because we're seeking the face of God. Jesus said to the church of Philadelphia, and, and uh, behold, this is in Revelation 3, behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Because if God swings that door open for you to walk through it, it ain't going to shut until he wants it to shut. So let's be sensitive to that. Excuse me, Isaiah 43 says, behold, this was my theme verse for last year uh, with my word new, but it says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When we think there's just no way, it's too dry, not going to happen, God, Jesus himself, and the Holy Spirit will make a way. Now, these things must be balanced with the seeking of the very face of God, the witness of the Spirit, and, and really that hard slash easy road scenario. Because circumstances should really only be a small indicator of whether we're being led by the Holy Spirit or not. Because at times, adverse circumstances come from the enemy because we are going in the right direction. We've already said that. So again, don't base it on circumstances always. Only the voice of the Holy Spirit can give us discernment. That was question six. And here we are, the last question. Question seven. Are you, if you want to know, am I being led by the Holy Spirit, are you walking by faith in his assurances? It's a tough one. They're all tough. Because there's no tangible worldly assurances when we're living by faith. 
Do you understand that? What do I mean by tangible, worldly assurances? If you're living by faith, you can't just say, well, I'm a child of God, I'm living by faith, I'm going to have all the money in the bank, house payment's going to be easy, I'm going to have all this, we can go do whatever. That is the, the worldly, fleshly assurances that we would like to have, the security, if you will. I got money in the bank, I got the 401k, I've got all this, I don't have to worry about any of that. And that's not always something that is, is, is assured to us by living by faith. Because as a believer, wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit, if you're really wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit as a believer, our life is a life of faith. And faith is tough sometimes. Because as a believer wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit, having a life of faith we walk by faith not by sight second corinthians 5 walking is moving so we move by by faith not by sight we must ultimately walk in faith trusting trusting that the holy spirit will guide us in the way we should go and and who in here struggles with pride Anybody? Miss Kim, you struggle with pride? I do. Pride's at the root of it all, the sin, when we walk away from God. So, so again, we've got to trust that we are walking by faith, not by sight. And Because if we trust that the Holy Spirit's going to guide us in the way we should go, we've got to know that, that if we are going in the wrong direction at times, the Holy Spirit will convict us. And you've got to trust that you got to trust that faith because there may be times, and this is hard to think about, but I'm just being honest with you, there may be times that we know we're going in a way that is consistent with Scripture and even God's will. Yet, God may have other plans. And you say, well, well that's... You say that you're walking in a way, you've already told us to line it up with Scripture and, you know, what is God's will for us in our life, which comes from the text of the Bible. So, so you're telling me there may be times that I'm walking in a, in a good way that lines up with text and Scripture and, and, it, and it really would be God's will for us as a believer because as a believer, what are we supposed to do? Witness to others and, and share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but God may have a different plan. Well, man, you're confusing me here because you're telling me all this and, and that doesn't really make sense to me. But I'm, all of these go together because, again, just because it's a right thing, it may not be right for us at that time. And that's a tough one. But I'm glad we have Scripture to back it up because Paul experienced this on his second missionary journey. Because preaching the gospel is always a good thing. Always. Would we agree? Is there a time that, that preaching the gospel would be a bad thing? I can think of never a time. Now, it could be a dangerous thing. It could get you in trouble. It could maybe even get you locked up. It could maybe even get you killed. But is it a bad thing? Never is the gospel a bad thing. It's the most pure, holy, truthful thing in this world. So again, preaching the gospel is always a good thing, but, but the Holy Spirit, God, may have something a little more unique 
for us to do than just standing and preaching the gospel. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, the Bible says, And they, Paul and his missionary buddies, were, were, were headed somewhere where they really thought they were supposed to be going. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Did y'all just hear what I said? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word, preach the gospel in Asia. And you say, how could that be? Well, he had something more unique in store for them. Verse 7, and when they had come up to Messiah, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. No, this is Paul. Paul, I mean, he's, I mean, what do you, what do you pin? Half the New Testament? 60% of it? A lot of it. Would we say he's a man of God? Would we say that he was anointed? And here this man twice had to be told by the Holy Spirit, don't go preach the word. How in the world do you deal with that? Preaching the word's always a good thing. But Paul, and of all, of anyone who had reason to say, nah, I'm going to go do this. I mean, look at me. Look, look what you've done through me, God. Let's go do some more of that. But Paul was sensitive because after which Paul, he had a vision of a man crying for help in Macedonia. Acts 16.10 concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. But even after receiving a vision, they had to step out in faith, believing that the Holy Spirit was directing them in a different way now. That's tough. We're talking about this faith and, and, and knowing this. Because, again, Hebrews 10.38. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Faith. It's interesting, <laughs> as Paul had a vision, Paul was doing good. Paul was following what the text will tell us to preach the gospel. He was following what God's will is for each of us in our life, is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people, but was told by the Holy Spirit, no, I, I, I don't fathom how that would go because I know I struggle with that. No, God, this is good. No, you're not going to do it. But, but God, this is, I mean, we argue. And I can see Paul doing that. But it's interesting that he was obedient. And he trusted it. And this led them to Philippi, <laughs> where they were beaten, put into prison, feet put in stocks. And uh, most of us would have thought at this time, surely, God, you were wrong. I mean, I was going to Asia. I was going to preach the gospel. People were going to come to know you. I was doing what you called me to do when I was on the road to Damascus and you hit me and radically changed my life. You told me to go be a witness, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I was doing that, man. And you told me not to go that way. And here I am. I done been beat. I've been through in jail and my, my feet are locked up, shackled together. Are you serious, God? Am I the only one who would have thought that? Because that's exactly how I would have acted. 
Surely you missed this one, God. Surely, surely. Man, we should have just stuck with our original plan. Man, I was going to Asia. Surely, surely we were deceived. The Holy Spirit directed us the wrong way. Surely. Man, why'd we come here? But it was there at Philippi that Lydia, the seller of purple, who had an influence with royalty, had her heart opened by God. And Paul spoke truth, and her life was radically changed. It was there at Philippi where the woman that was possessed with the Spirit was healed, and the, the Spirit left her, and she received a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it radically changed her life, and, 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 and uh, she was set free. It was there that they saw God uh, delivering power through the fact that they were in shackles and an earthquake came and the bars were swung open and they didn't flee and the jailer sitting there going to die. don't know what to do because, man, all these prisoners are free and they said, nah, come on, we're going to share Jesus with you. And the jailer came to know Christ and his whole family. And a church was established there where the Spirit led them. And later on, it was this very church that provided for Paul on his missionary journeys when he was again in prison. Read that in Philippians 4. Praise the Lord. He listened to the Holy Spirit. And there's no way he would have heard him if he wasn't seeking his face getting on his hands and knees before God, having discernment for open doors or closed doors or whatever that may be, and trusting in this faith and assurance that God will always take care of you. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We've got to know that. We are in his hands, not him in ours. I've already said this, but it's worth repeating. We are in his hands. And when I pray, just talking to you, when I'm praying and asking God the Father to instruct the Spirit on how to direct my paths so that they're straight, as we read about in Proverbs, I picture this mighty hand of God. Now, I've got a, a grandson right there on the fourth row, and he's six months old, and he's trying to crawl, and he's trying to do all this. And, but when he's sitting, and he's getting a little crazy, just so you know. But when he's sitting with me in my chair or whatever, dude, he'll just jump, like try to leap out of the chair. You know what I mean? And, I, and yesterday when he was doing that, and I was thinking about this, that's what I try to do. I'm sitting there at the feet of God, my, 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 my creator. But I'm constantly trying to jump away from him. But when Cash does that, and he's looking at me right now, but when Cash does that, I got a big old hand right here. 
and I can just put it on him, and I got him. So yesterday, God revealed this to me. That's what the Holy Spirit will do for you if you'll let him. That mighty hand of God through the working of the Holy Spirit will guide you if you'll let him. Because again, we're in his hands, not him in ours. And most often, we, we want to use the Holy Spirit as a weapon. I'll just call on him when I need him, right? Doing something by the Spirit means being led to do it by the Spirit. Again, he is not an instrument in our hands. We are an instrument in his hands. We're not leading him. He is leading us. He's not just some weapon or a mere responder to us when we have needs. We are being moved and led by him down paths that God has for us. Hear me out. If we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, seeking his face, lining it up with scripture, having discernment, trusting in faith, and having all these things, answering these questions. The paths that God has for us are very often a hard path. But it's God's path. And as we enter into this season of a new pastor, new things going on, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit has led our search team and, and, and we as a church have been led as we prayed and we voted for a new pastor to come and, and lead us here at this church. But I promise you, I know and I'm getting to know him even more, Pastor Zach is led by the Spirit and he is seeking the face of God for himself as he pastors, and for us as his congregation. But I'm asking you, I'm, I'm pleading with you, are you ready to follow the Holy Spirit with him? I didn't say follow him. I said follow the Holy Spirit with him because he will line it up. And it is going to be some tough pass. And we're going to have some things that we've got to buckle up and do that, that just really may not make sense to us. But at the end of the day, if we're following the Holy Spirit, let's follow him. Are you ready? I mean, I'm ready. You ready? Because the Holy Spirit is always ready. Always. So let's follow him. And if you're here this morning, you say, well, I've heard all that. I mean, I've heard you yell at us a few times, and, 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 I, and I hear you. A lot of scripture today. And you asked us seven questions that really was preceded by the main question, how do we know if we're being led by the Holy Spirit? But none of that really makes sense because I've never, never been convicted of my sin. I'm a good guy. I'm a good girl. I mean, does it really, I mean, you're talking about this conviction of sin. I really don't know what that, that means. Well, the Holy Spirit has never really convicted you. And I'm here to tell you, he's in this room this morning. But we have to let him tear those walls down that we've created in our heart. Because in Isaiah, it tells us that we create barriers in our heart to try to keep God away. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is bigger than that. 
And this morning, I want you to know that God loves you. He loves you because he created you. He loves you because he created us for fellowship with him. But then we messed it up. And, you know, most people, if you just mess it up, Nelson, I mean, me and you have a good relationship, but if I just do something really stupid over and over and over and over again, Nelson's like, man, the heck with him. And God has every right to say that to us. He's a perfect, holy, righteous God. Because we mess it up all the time, Sue. Over and over and over. But he loves us despite ourselves. To the point of death that he sent his son to die in my place and your place on the cross. But we got to make a choice. The Holy Spirit can convict us. The Holy Spirit can compel us. But we've got to make a choice, and that choice is surrender. You've got to surrender. Who likes surrender? Now, I don't. I don't. But it's necessary because it's the only way we can truly be led by the Holy Spirit. If that's you here this morning, guys are going to come. I think we're going to play something. I just want you to, right now as they're coming up, let's just go ahead and bow our heads. Let's go ahead, everyone in here, bow your heads. And we're just going to spend some time in, in prayer for a moment as as. They get ready to, to lead us in this last song and even can start playing softly behind us when they're ready. But right now, where you are, every head bowed, every eye closed, try to, try to just quiet the noise for a moment of the, the world or whoever may be around you or you're already thinking about lunch and you're thinking, man, we got to get out of here and beat the crowd. We got to do all these things. I'm just asking you right now just to, Put your phones down. Put everything down. And just quiet our minds for just a moment. And in doing that, truly, eagerly, earnestly seek the face of God. God, as I'm doing that right now, calling out to you, God, I pray. God, the feeling that I have bubbling up inside of me, not an emotion, but the spirit, your spirit of the most high God who's, who's working in me. God, I pray that there's others in this room right now that are feeling that as they seek your face. Saying, God, what, what do you have for me? What do you have for us? Here's a group of believers. How can we be led by your spirit in such a way that we will see you do only God-sized things? God, and that's my prayers. We, we have a pastor coming, and, and God, we're, we're so excited to lock arms with him and, and, and to reach this community. God, I even thought about the sermon he preached a month and a half ago where he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. God, we're fixing to go on the attack, the, uh, the offense, if you will. But God, we got to be spirit-led in that. God, because we're going to have times like this where we're, we're huddled up together, if you will. God, in, in your spirit, as it works in us, it calls the play for us to run, but so often we won't break the huddle and go run the play. So God, I pray you help us to be led by you as we just ask you to move in our hearts. God, we want your way to be our way. Show us the way and let us walk in it. 
And this morning, that may be someone has been shown the way they need to walk and come down here and give their life to Jesus Christ. And if that is so, God, I pray, God, that they come down and we get to pray with them this morning. I'm not trying to talk them into it. But God, we just want them to simply follow the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. God, be with us as we lean into you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can stand. seat real quick. We'll get you out of here. Uh, well, I mean, you can leave at any time. I can't hold you hostage. But anyway, uh, glad you're here with us again this morning. Excited about things coming up. Uh, be here this Wednesday night. A lot of good stuff going on. Uh, 5.30, there'll be a meal. I think there's some barbecue and Whatever goes with that, which, I mean, really, do you need anything else? If you got good barbecue, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so be here Wednesday night for that. All of the service will be the same. I think, Jason, you back teaching Wednesday night and the choir room back here. I mean, we've had over 20-something the last couple of weeks. If you're just sitting at home on a Wednesday night, come on out. Was it worth it, Tammy? Three weeks in a row. i got to call her out. There we go. She told me last week, she said, you've called me out two weeks in a row. I figured I should show up. So... We have that type of relationship. That's okay. But again, uh, come be a part of it. Uh, Mike did a great job last week. We had some great discussion about 
Forgiveness. Good gracious. That's a tough one there for sure. But make sure you're here for that. Uh, student ministry will be in the family uh, fellowship hall. Uh, get those there. You students invite friends. Next Sunday, installation service. Very excited about that uh, as our new pastor comes and we'll have a couple of different people speaking. So be here for that. Immediately following the service, our search team is going to be hosting a uh, meal for us to welcome, and we'll do all that down in the Family Life Center immediately following the service next week. And if you say, well, how can I help? Um, go talk to the search team. They'll handle it. I love it. Great, great group there. So that's going to be good, and uh, we're excited about what God is going to do as he continues to lead us through the Holy Spirit here at Airline Baptist Church. I don't think I left anything out there. Sounds good. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray. Is that okay? Y'all okay with me praying again? You all right, Miss Sue? Is that good with you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Help us to understand that you're leading us, not us leading you. Help us as we break this huddle and go out of these doors. Let us run the play you've called us to run. And let us do that as we're led by your Son, the Holy Spirit, and obviously you as well. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great day.